God warned the children of Israel not to make marriages or keep company with the people of the nations where they would go in to possess their lands. God told them that they would end up turning their hearts away from God. In the New Testament church, I have met many people who felt they could turn an unbeliever to God. Paul said, though, How knowest thou, O man, whether thou canst save thy wife? Or how knowest thou, O woman, whether thou canst save thy husband? He said that in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul set up something that would guide the church today. In 1 Corinthians 7, he said, If any man that hath a wife that believeth not, if she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman that hath a husband that believeth not, and if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. If they are pleased to dwell with you, this means you dwell as you believe God shows you to dwell. You continue as a Christian. If they're pleased to dwell with you as you live as a Christian, allow them to do so. But if they're not pleased to dwell with you as you live as a Christian, Paul advises you, let them depart. Don't try to keep them. If you will look at 1 Corinthians 7, you will see that advice which Paul gives married people. The thing that God has shown me to do is this. If I am around someone who brings up something contrary to the Word of God, just share the Word of God with them, the exact Word of God. Don't just say the Bible says or the church teaches. That's not strong enough. It's the word of God you share with them. I've had several examples of doing this in my life. I have seen some people saved because I spoke that word of God and God opened their eyes to see his word at that point when I spoke. And I've had several people leave me when I spoke the word of God to them. God does as he wills. It's not as I will. It's as he wills. God opens the eyes of those who are being saved at that point in time. All we can do is speak as the Holy Spirit shows us to speak. God will do then as he wills. But I do not try to keep company with unbelievers, thinking that I will lead them to God. I don't do that. But when I'm with them, if God gives me a word to speak, I speak that word. I try to. You sometimes have to make yourself yield to the Spirit of God and speak the word of God because you know it might offend them.
But why would we want to keep darkness around us? It's not that they're going to turn into light. We're going to turn into darkness. I even told my mother one time, you can go down, but I'm not going to go with you. She woke up and she said, I don't want you to go down. Later, she was born again. It happened in a very strange way. I was visiting at her house, and I opened the kitchen cabinet, and I noticed some Zodiac mugs sitting there, which I had given to her before I was born again. My mother always loved horoscopes, and every month she went to the drugstore and would get a horoscope magazine and often read my horoscope to me for that day. She loved horoscopes. I had given her those horoscope mugs before I was born again, but when I saw them that day, I took a garbage bag and began putting the mugs in a garbage bag, and my mother was sitting there watching me do this. And then she realized what I was about to do. And she said, what are you doing? She said, oh, no, I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I didn't say a word. I just kept filling the garbage bag with the horoscope mugs. I went out into the alley and broke the mugs against the dumpster and dropped the garbage bag and the horoscope mugs into the dumpster. I returned to my mother's house, and she was just sitting there, silently. I didn't say a word. I went into the bedroom and got a Bible. I came back into the area where she was sitting. I opened the Bible and read the following passage of scripture from Deuteronomy 18. Starting at verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations... The Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. After I finished reading that, I just closed the Bible and I didn't say a word. My mother sat there silently for a few seconds. And then she said to me, Well, I guess we'd better not do these things anymore. She believed that word and agreed with it and changed. She was born again. I went back to Dallas where I lived and my uncle wrote to me and said, 
your mother has changed. She has really changed. That's being born again. When we hear the word of God, and God illuminates that word to us and causes us to understand it by his spirit, we are born again by the Spirit of God and given the Spirit of God to live in us. I've seen this happen many times. I've also seen it happen where I read a scripture to someone and that person walked away. But I don't try to stay around unbelievers. I don't do that. God will either open their mind to believe or he will harden their heart where they don't believe. It's salvations of God, not of me. Salvations of God. You can read Romans 9 and see that Paul says, it's not of our will or even the will of man, but it is of the will of God. Election of God is by the will of God. He opens the eyes of those who are going to believe. He hardens the heart of the ones who aren't going to believe, as he hardened the heart of Pharaoh. But it's of God. I'm not saying it's permanent. At the very end of their life, we don't know what happens. Before they die, we don't know. God might have mercy on them and open their eyes to see, and they might be born again that one second before they die. I think that's entirely possible. So don't lose hope. But you can't stay around unbelievers. All of these examples we read in the Old Testament show us that if you try to stay around the unbelievers, they will be thorns in your side and like pricks in your eyes, and they will vex you. Abraham's nephew Lot tried to live around the unbelievers in Sodom, and he was vexed continually by their filthy conversation of the wicked. The city was full of homosexuals. God sent two angels into Sodom, Genesis 19, at the point in time when God was destroying Sodom. He sent two angels to Sodom to get Lot out of Sodom and save him before he brought the fire and brimstone upon Sodom because he was going to destroy Sodom. We read in... The following scripture about that. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those 
that after should live ungodly, and deliver just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. It's all up to God, not up to us. Salvation's of God. I didn't do anything to be born again. God spoke to me one night while I was reading a book, and he said, Joan, you know these mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, sins? I thought they were mistakes. I didn't know they were sins until God revealed to me they were sins. And at the moment God spoke this to me, God caused me to be born again, and he gave me his Holy Spirit and changed me. That's what being born again is. It's having God reveal himself to you and having him open your eyes by the Holy Spirit of God. It could happen to you in a church service. It could happen to you in a grocery store. I've heard many testimonies. There was a young man who just walked out on his porch and he said, something happened and he was changed. There's a woman who had been a Baptist all her life, and she was going down the stairs into her basement, and all of a sudden, something happened to her, and she was changed. Though she had been in the Baptist church, she wasn't born again. There's a story of Pam Paget's great aunt, Eunice. She had been in the Baptist church all her life. She was 80-something, and God revealed himself to her, and she was born again. And she then told everybody, I thought I was a Christian, but I I wasn't a Christian until now. She got up at a family reunion and told everybody this story. And her eldest daughter was sitting beside Pam. And the eldest daughter said, I don't know what's happened to Mother. All of a sudden, she's been talking like this. Everybody knows Mother has been a Christian all her life Why she served in the Baptist church all her life. If they needed anything done, she was there to do it. And now she's talking like this. See, the eldest daughter didn't know about being born again, but Pam did because Pam had been born again, and Pam was rejoicing about it. On the way home, From the reunion, Pam and Dad were in the car together. And Pam said, wasn't that wonderful what Aunt Eunice said? And her dad said, what did she say? He didn't hear. See, God didn't open his eyes at that point in time. Later, both her mother and father were born again. But God does this when he wants to. One time when I owned my business shortly after I was born again, 
I was en route to Albuquerque, New Mexico to buy merchandise for my business. As the plane touched the down on the runway, as I heard the tires hit the runway, I heard these words from God, Be baptized. My Church of Christ cousin was meeting me at the plane, and I said to her, Jean, if you can set it up this afternoon, I'll be baptized. And she said, but you've already been baptized. And I said, yes, but I wasn't born again. As we rode along the highway, I talked about God. I was on fire for things of God, and I talked about God. And my cousin said to me, Well, I believe you are a Christian. I just don't see how you can be one. She didn't know about being born again. She did set it up that afternoon for me to be baptized at the church she attended. When I got there, I was surprised because there were about 14 or 15 of my relatives at that church that afternoon to witness my being baptized. The preacher said to me, Would you like to say anything? And I said, well, I guess so. And I just started speaking what the Holy Spirit gave me to speak, which I think was likely about being born again. As I spoke, one of my cousins was sitting there with a big smile on her face, shaking her head up and down. Yes, 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 that's right. My uncle started crying. When the minister lowered me into the water, I heard from the Holy Spirit, This is like being buried with Christ. As I came out of the water, I heard from the Holy Spirit, This is like being raised with Christ. When I dressed and went back downstairs to the auditorium, my uncle, who had been crying as I spoke, came to me with tears still in his eyes, and he said, I've never heard anything like what you said today. When you get back to Dallas, could you write that out for me and send it to me? I said, well, yeah, I guess so. Later, I realized my uncle was born again at the moment I spoke about being born again. He wasn't born again because of what I said. It was just God's will to open his eyes at that moment and have him being born again. And I understood that's what had happened to my uncle. Just do what God shows you by his spirit. The works of God follow. Whether they leave you or whether they are born again, either one are of God. Because at that point in time, if they leave you, God just isn't opening their eyes to the truth. If they're born again, God did open their eyes to the truth, if they believe what you said. But you don't try to run around with unbelievers. You think they will come to God through you. That's not even true. They come to God through God by His will at the moment He decides to open their eyes. Or like Pharaoh, he could harden their hearts. Salvation's of God. Years ago, there was a Catholic woman who just loved to come visit me. 
And as we talked, she would begin to tell me worldly things as if they were gospel. And when she finished talking, I would often say to her, what you have said is not in the Bible. I want to build my house on the Word of God. She would sometimes then be gone for two or three weeks, and then she would try to come back around me. And again, she would start saying some kind of worldly wisdom, which was not in the Bible. And I would say, that is not in the Bible. And I want to build my house on the Bible. And I shared scripture with her from time to time. She was never, during those times, illuminated by God to the scripture. I haven't seen her in several years. And I don't live in the town where I once lived. But I had an experience with her where either she told me this or I dreamed this, that she was changed. And she kept saying, I can't believe I was doing the wrong thing all these years. So I still have hope for this woman because I think that was of God. I may never see it in my lifetime, but I still have hope over this woman. There's another woman in our neighborhood who is most likely a lesbian. One day she was visiting us, and she was in my bedroom. I am partially crippled now. I'm 83 years old and partially crippled, so I spend most of my time in my bedroom where I make recordings and write, do these writings. And I was in my bedroom, and she came in saying she wanted to visit with me, and I said, fine. I had bought some tennis armbands, and they were very bright, colorful wristbands. I had broken both of my wrists and sometimes need a little extra support for my wrist. She is a tennis teacher, and I said, you know what these are? And she said, tennis wristbands? And I said, yes, I use them to support my wrist. And she said to me the strangest thing. She said, does this mean you support gays and lesbians? And I was shocked. I said, I don't think so. I didn't know what she was talking about. How do tennis wristbands have anything to do with homosexuals and lesbians? Well, these were very bright colored ones. They had four or five colors in them, bands of color. And I didn't realize at that time that the homosexual flag that they have developed has rainbow colors in it. And she was wanting to find out if I supported homosexuals and lesbians. I was so shocked by her statement that all I said was, no, I don't think so. <laughs> she left the house, but the next day or so, I sent her the scriptures from Romans chapter 1 and other places on the subject of homosexuals and lesbians. Romans chapter 1, start reading at verse twenty. 
6. That's what I sent to her. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. This passage of Scripture shows the heart of God concerning homosexuals and lesbians. In the Old Testament, there are many scriptures forbidding homosexuals. Sodomites is what they're called. In Genesis 13, I believe it's verse 13. Yes, it is. Genesis 13, 13. God says, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. In the city of Sodom, when the angels came to rescue Lot before they destroyed Sodom, the two angels, Lot took them into his own house. No, they didn't have wings. Angels just looked like natural men. Lot saw these two strangers and convinced them to go into his house rather than to stay in the street all night because Lot knew the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked with their homosexual acts. And in Genesis 19, we read the following. Lot had prepared a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us, that we may know them, have sex with them. And Lot went out at the door unto them, and shut the door after him, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Lot knew these were wicked acts. God tells us in Romans chapter 1 what homosexual lesbian acts are, and how he gave them over to these things because they wouldn't keep him in their mind his word in their mind well I gave this to the neighbor I sent these scriptures to the neighbor I never heard anything from her since that time she's never come to visit me if God opened her eyes she would come to visit me but It's evidence to me he hasn't opened her eyes yet. I don't pursue friendships and relationships with her. I believe in my heart I have a love toward her. 
but I'm not going to be around her without seeing a change produced by God, for I know light and darkness cannot coexist. You may think it can, it cannot. When they tried to be around the people of the land, the children of Israel began serving the gods of the people of the land. When you try to be around an unbeliever, that unbeliever will speak things of darkness, sayings of the world, things that you know are not correct. When that happens to me, I usually say, according to the Bible, this is what the Bible says about that subject. I want to build my house on the Word of God. But I quote the exact scripture. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, for example. Matthew 5:32. The exact scripture. That's where the power of God is. I don't just say God is against homosexuals. I read, I quote Romans chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. That's the power of God to save. That's the truth of God. If you're going to say anything, speak the word of God that has the power of God. Certainly it might offend them, but they also might be saved. You don't know what will happen. Salvation is of God. What about a person who attends church and ends up being a fornicator? Paul tells us what to do about that person. Jimmy Swaggart was caught with a prostitute. He was a preacher, a television preacher. He was the assembly of God, is what he was. Well, what the Assembly of God Church did after Swaggart confessed that he had sinned, what they did is they made an announcement. We must pray for Brother Swaggart, and we must counsel Brother Swaggart. But here's what the Apostle Paul said to do with such a one who is called a brother in Christ, and they are committing fornication and other sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. But now I have written unto you not to keep company, if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one know not to eat. And then Paul said in verse 13, Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Two or three years later, after Swaggart made his tearful statement on his own television program saying, I have sinned. After he made that statement, he was caught a second time with a prostitute. At that point in time, the Assembly of God Church defrocked Swaggart. 
He just went right on with his television program. Didn't affect him at all. But the problem with this is that the Assembly of God Church did what was wise in their own eyes about this subject. It seems reasonable that you pray for Brother Swaggart and counsel Brother Swaggart, but Brother Swaggart already knew the truth of these subjects of the Bible, of fornication. He knew it was wrong, a sin. Had to have known that. So Paul is saying, if they call themselves a brother, don't keep company with them. Put them away from you. I had this happen at Word of Faith when I attended that church in Dallas back in the early 80s. Our Bible teacher was going to bars and seeking out women to have sex with them. I heard about it. I went to him and I said, is this true? You have this girlfriend. Are you having sexual intercourse with this girlfriend? Our Bible teacher was a divorced man and not married at that time. And he said to me, of course. He didn't show any shame. And I said, oh, you know the Bible as well as I do. I can't come to your Bible classes. I can't sit with you at church. I can't keep company with you. And he said, that's right. He knew 1 Corinthians 5. You can't go by what you think. You have to go by what the Bible says. You may think you can run around with unbelievers and be friends with unbelievers, even date unbelievers. You're making a big mistake. What you must do is what the scriptures say, which let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Start at verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I've been around people who attend church, and when I have shared with those people things that God has done in my life and for me and told me, I have seen them just stare at me blankly and not be excited at all about that which God has done. When I see that, I know they're not born again because the ones who are born again are excited over 
God and the things of God. The vast number of churchgoers are not born again. They go to church because they think that is the proper thing to do. And they are excited over their church buildings or their stained glass. But they are not excited when you share with them something personal that God has done in your life. This is spoken of in 1 John chapter 4 by the Apostle John. Start at verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. They love to tell you worldly things. They love to tell you about the news. They love to tell you things that have happened in the world. They love to tell you sayings of the world which seem clever to them. They speak of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. They're just waiting till we quit talking so they can talk again about something that interests them, which is this world. And John says, Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. They can attend church, but if they're not excited about God, if they're not excited when you share with them what God has done for you, they're not of God. They're not born again though they attend your church. In such cases, I would try to be very diligent to share when I'm with them. I mean, if I run into them at the grocery store or something and the door opens, I would try to share what God brings to my mind. God might open their eyes to the truth at that moment when you share the truth. And God might harden their heart and they wouldn't want to be around you anymore. Either way, it's of God. But I wouldn't try to keep company with those people that want to talk about the world all the time and are not excited over what God is doing. And I would never have as my goal to try to lead them to God. God will do that himself as he wills. But I would try to share that which the Holy Spirit brings to my mind. And then I would just leave them alone if they showed no excitement or no change. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.